If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome everyone to UAP Encounters. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Rita. And how are you? How is everyone? Very, very good. Thank you. And yourself? We have got an interesting one. We're moving a little bit away from the American government and Congress and all that. We will come back. But it's important to know that this stuff's going on around the world. And there is a different attitude, right? There are different governments and different things. And this one really attracted me because it wasn't... Because there was so much attention paid to... American Congress, a lot of the more recent and at the same time or slightly earlier encounters, videos and photos were um, sort of sidelined, I guess, because they didn't come out into the media. Um, these are 2007 to 2009, by the way, uh, and, and a really interesting, interesting thing. And um, so we wanted to go into that and then have a look at like there's a different attitude and there's a different way things that are come forward but we or i was reminded that even though this happened in turkey and was explored in turkey when it came to being posted onto the internet because of course 2007 2009 we didn't have the big facebook stuff going on we didn't have the big youtube 
thing going on back then. Um, it gets posted to those American-based platforms. And okay. those American-based platforms, sorry, America, but it's true, they are very strictly controlled. And you've got a certain amount of entities that will and have done taken those videos and played around with them and tried to make them look quite different to what they are. So what we've done, and it's in our it's in our chat. So if you click the speaker link, if you're listening somewhere else, if you're listening on Spotify or um, uh, Apple or Audible, if you click the little link, you'll see by the episode or by the show. You come into this one in the chat. I've I've got the original video and uploaded it to a safe source. <laughs> safe source means they can't muck around with it. They can't take it down, um, and it's less likely that it. You know, so I needed a space where, you know what we're talking about, Adrito. I've gone through exactly. video after video after video that I've seen before on the news and there are so many hundreds, if not thousands of them that have been adulterated on YouTube that it's just to me, YouTube's not a resource any longer. You need to find better resources where the originals are hound and check. Do you remember the Mexican one? Where they, one of the first yeah, from years ago, the Mexican military, the Air Force, they, they, they filmed and put out into the public after ascertaining their military Air Force put out a video where they saw multiple UFOs uh, at that time called UFOs, so UAPs now. Um, when they did that, I shared that with so many people because you could hear the original voices. There was a uh, translation in, in writing, but at the same time, uh, about maybe a two, three, four years later, I went back because I was doing another UFO show at that time and I went back to share it again and I couldn't even find the original. It took me days yeah. and um, I was horrified. There were bits on it. There were people's voiceovers. There was uh, uh, absolute, this isn't real, this is fake. I mean, it was just ridiculous, really. And I'm like, well, hang on, that fake was showing all over the world in the news. I saw it on our news uh, just after it happened in New Zealand here, and it was showing all around the world on the news, and this is what's changed with UFOs and UAPs, right? We can go back and we can grab those things and we can ensure that they are now in spaces that they can't be uh, mucked around on. Well, back then, the only place like you could view that was on the Mexican Air Force website. And then since then it went into the YouTubers and so on and so on and so on. So just to be aware of that, that looking for an original video is probably important when it comes to this kind of thing because you've got two agendas. One that's going to I was I was I'm so sad, Drita. I've just gotta say I'm so sad. <laughs> I got a bit sidetracked on my little journey through, you know, getting getting through the chaff and the junk and the rubbish and the sensations. And there's these, if I see a sensational um, headline, I tend to dismiss it straight away. It's like, no, sorry, you know, this has been um, deleted. They don't want you to see this. None of that. None of that's even worth your time. Yeah, yeah. And they all make money off advertising. So just so as you get that, that's why. Or they're egotists and they want the view. But I saw this thing and I was like slapping myself in the head because it said original photographs from the 1920s. And I saw the sort of sepia tone and I saw the first one and I thought, oh, that could be interesting. It was UFO stuff. And I had a look and the first thing you see is a freaking fake alien, six, seven feet tall, or maybe eight feet tall, standing between these two beings. And I thought, oh, I know what alien that is. I've seen that in the movies. And I was just like horrified with myself that I clicked on it <laughs> in the first place uh, to see what is basically a photoshopped 
photo, not a video, but a photo. And I was just like, no. And I've got a feeling that even the costumed people uh, were added because they looked like they were in an American environment, but they were wearing uh, 1800s UK. And I'm very aware of the fashions were different between the two countries. Early 1800s, uh, late 1800s UK fashion. And I'm like, hmm, something's a little wrong with this. And of course, I, I switched out. But it just for those that are genuine and that are researching, whether you're sitting on the fence, whether you're for or against, but you want to know what is out there to assess yourself, the, the, the more authentic the information you are looking at, the better you are placed to make an informed decision, don't you think? Yes? Yeah. Sorry, if you, nodding's no good. <laughs> no, you, 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 you're fine. So when it comes to UFO sightings, the Kumbh Gaz UAP sightings in Turkey are compelling and not to mention extraordinary. These are classified as C2 events which span from 2007 to 2009 and they were captured in several hours of footage by a night guard named Yeltsin Yelman. And I was interested to see on Turkish TV at the time, the argument was incredible between these individuals on a current affairs show about the authenticity of these. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but despite this in-depth analysis by experts, this case does remain unexplained. And why is that? Is it meant to be some of the best footage around? And as there are years of experience with plenty of modern equipment to capture them, we have questions that these they're, 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 we don't seem to get better pictures. You know what I mean, Drina? Are you with me? Okay. So Yeltsin Yelman was a security guard by profession. Oh, we have a little delay, do we? I am, but I can't hear some. Do we have a little delay? We are. We do. Yeah. Okay. So I'll be yes. a bit more careful now. Just, yeah. uh, so Yeltsin Yelman, a security guard by profession, he did manage to capture several hours of footage, and he used a Canon camera with 200 millimeter lens to capture the UAPs. Notably, he chose to turn off the LCD screen to save battery and used his naked eye to line up the camera before zooming in, and he did zoom in. And he couldn't actually see what he was capturing clearly until he reviewed the footage later. So we have got a, a digital camera, a slightly earlier model, but I, I had a Sony uh, Cybershot uh, 5000, and I can remember one day this guy, when I mentioned it, I've still got it, uh, and it still takes the best zoomed in photos. And I had a guy say to me, oh, it's nothing compared to this camera and this camera. And I said, well, let's do a zoom in and see, because I said, it's got uh, 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 10 times manual zoom. That's before you're looking at any digital zoom. And then it had another 10 times digital zoom. And I could get some incredible detail with that thing, which is old as the hills now. And it still zooms mm. better than the most cameras that cost what would be probably twice as much now. So just something to really be aware of. When somebody says, that camera can't do this, I'm like, how do you know what zoom he had on the camera? How do you exactly. know? Yeah, so so I'm like, hmm. So it's, the naysayers tend to go for some interesting things that don't always add up. And bearing in mind that it took pretty nice video. So that's the camera he was using, and that's the way he used it. And the, the, there's the intimation that him turning off the LCD screen uh, may have helped 
and his ability to get good footage, who knows. But it did mean that he couldn't see what he was filming at the time. Add to that, his conversations during the filming are largely in Turkish, so we don't need to worry about that, because I think that's actually a good thing, because it lends authenticity to his videos. It means you're looking at his <laughs> video, but also his dialogues. Exactly. Most I watched that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, because we both watched the whole thing, and it's quite a long one, it's 17 minutes. Um, his dialogues mostly revolve around tracking the objects and confirming their movements with a friend which he brought along the next time. So bearing in mind that some of these are over a two-year period. But like many videos and photos captured of UAPs, there are plenty of individuals that aren't into exploration or even investigation. We need to remember that they, what they are seeing and what we see have no special powers to discern more or less than we can. So if there's a site out there that says we're this and we're that, um, and, and if they can, they've only got the same information that we have. So always it is seeing the original footage and not any enhancements, which will give everyone the best opportunity to decide for themselves. One take to ensure there is a predisposition to see what the voice over what on a video instructed instruct you to see or is to provide the alternative explanation that sounds possible. It is an age old method that we all know works very well. It is used as it is it is used with many audios and visual clips that aren't this instinct. The trick for those for this one would be just to watch and listen to the original a few times. Suggestion and an alternative at that outset of encourages your brain to connect to, to connect the dots in favor of the so called explanation. An investigate an investigative mindset doesn't look to prove over disprove. It is it looks to access and then draw draw in the conclusion if one can be drawn so if it can be it if it can it says in the realms of an explained and uh, one more uh, publicized aspect of cam cam burke's sighting is that attempts to de debunk them meta metabunk a popular debunking website we only have to look at the name to understand who is behind this site and the motivation. So let's take a moment to talk about the word debunk. Well, yeah. <laughs> it isn't a, yeah, it isn't a spectacle or a spectacle which is a explore, is explorative without bias. A Skeptical analysis, analysis demands that we look without believing what something might be, and we don't invite it an alternative when we simply don't know. But that means a lot. Right it does. The inventing of an alternative is a psychological is tool. Doing something by using discomfort. Hmm. That's right. So debunking is not proving something, but using this information tools often used as for EVPs and news readers to tell you what <laughs> you are seeing or is something they know or suspect it is. It's, a, it's quite interesting because that's what they do in those things. Mm -hmm. They almost like project their they project their uh, their news before this. They're just way uh, almost 
almost never we don't know. Providing an alternative is to switch off the discriminating part of your brain and attempt to influence the predisposition of your brain to accept an explanation, hopefully from experts. Sites like Met Metapunk uh, attacks people who tend to be angry and troll types like Facebook's fact checks installation who brought and paid by those who have an investment in what people think. In Facebook's case being owned by Meta, please note Metabunk Meta, uh, which is all Meta platforms, who in turn are owned largely by Vanguard and BlackRock. And this isn't a political statement, it's just a reality check. They own all of your media, most of our media, most international media. In fact, they also own the interpretive from um, foreign languages for American news agencies. So there's a, a massive influence that we have here of what we think and they guide you. There's actually a book that the UK government was using, How to Influence the Public, and they're doing that same thing. And I think we're a little bit smarter than that, really, I do. I think we're all a bit smarter than that. Um, they use advertising and marketing um, research that have been done over years and it, most people have helped be done over the years to win something that they never won, um, to gain insights into how to influence you easily and well through mass misdirection and mass disinformation. And they've played it very, very well so far. Uh, so we need to understand that. They also, Vanguard and BlackRock, in turn have ten share, uh, top 10 shares in seven of the experimental money makers of 2021, 20 to 2021. And the reason for the massive disinformation was financially motivated. We always need to remember that bit. Always financially motivated. Open and honest discussion can interrupt that. And so the attempt to block uh, communications, uh, to stop people saying what they want them to say, and then directing them. So they're doing this with UAPs as well. They're directing your attention in a particular way. And we've mentioned in shows in the past, we're not sure if this is just a big financial tax rort, a way to steal your tax money, or I don't believe it's just distraction. Not While most people believe in UFOs, nobody believes the crappy bits. <laughs> so we need to, to, to look at... It's true, though, isn't it? You know, when, when there was know. the big like so-called... Exactly when there was the big so-called blowing up of things, if this was genuine hostilities, everybody in the world would have been panicking, right? Everybody. And the fact that there was nothing <laughs> that came... Exactly. And the fact that there was nothing that came after that was a big red flag. And it was locally in different countries. Nobody cared, which means everybody knew it was rubbish. So these are the things you've got to think, why would they even do that? What is going on here? And I think that's worth getting to the bottom because I think there's two things going on. One is very unknown. There's nothing they can do about it. And the other is to direct public, not only a public attention, but, you know, there's been a lot of energy placed into making certain groups in the world bad guys. And I think that's a massive directive alone, all on its own, uh, to the best way to get unlimited funds for being uh, militant is, is to have an enemy. And until you, if you don't have an enemy, what do you do? With all of that money, people start saying, we want to see less money spent this way, right? So you create the situation and it makes a lot of billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. So keeping somebody as the enemy 
is a really wise move for any government that makes money, or any corporation, I don't mean government, the government's an extension of corporations these days. Corporation. So, yeah. So what do some of the highly published sites like Metabunk get out of it? Well, we know it isn't true because of the deliberate lawyer-like attempt to act exactly as FB fact-checkers did. And this is interesting because this is what I discovered looking for this. Um, the, 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 it's not just a similarity, it's the very same thing. The specific purpose of exposing them and Facebook for the manipulators they are, they were legally challenged. Meta platforms had to admit that the fact checkers were opinions only, and that's what they had to admit. And they admitted that in a court of law, or they would have had to have paid a lot of money to prove that what they were saying was true. Got that? <laughs> so why do we mention this? What is the similarity? Sorry, go on. I said, when you, when you say the money thing, then all of a sudden they back off from that. It's they true. They don't want to fight that one. Well, it's, if, if they could prove that their fact check was true, it wouldn't have cost them a cent. They would have won money. So, that right? beca yeah. But they can't. That's right. So it's because none of it was true. So we mention this because, now this is UAP encounter, so, but this is important because we are exposed to these quote-unquote sceptics and debunkers who have no other purpose, and so your question becomes where are they getting their money from, right? Which is the important bit. Why, why are they doing it? Where do they get their money from? How do they get so big? Well, because of this, uh, because they were and are part of the same group of organisations that worked on you with a very special place on their website for COVID-19. That's how Metabunk started, as one of the fact-checkers for Facebook, okay? So now that you've got that, and then you go, it's, it's a dollar. It's intense for that one. So it's, it's a big the deal. The theory proposed by Meta, it is a, it is a light Yemen, Yemen captured where actually from cruise ships. However, Metabunk admits after putting that idea out there that there was no evidence of cruise ships in the area during the sightings. This was already known from virtual, the stuff. For one. That's okay, carry on. <laughs> this was uh, already known from virtual that's, that stars. It isn't, it isn't difficult to find out. Furthermore, Yen Yelman men's footage of the moon phases in the background matches the dates and times, which makes tempering virtually impossible, but they convinced, conven conveniently failed to mention that the altitude of the moon at that time and how there was there is only a short period of time when the moon could be low enough to include a ship on the water in the background none of this is rocket science in the country in a century by but using words like claiming alleged allegedly all served to inspire about the same sort of legal requirements for providing witness statements in a court of law, but making a witness prove it rather than just reported what what, what they witnessed. If Meta had done the, th the thoughtful scientific So this is a very important point to take on board. There are those who can assess whether the images have been tampered with, but that is old tech stuff mainly and doesn't help where there hasn't been any photographic manipulation. Sorry, but we lost you there for a bit. All they can do is look and try to guess like the rest of us. 
So we start with from not assuming it is an alien craft. The theory proposes that, uh, by Metabunk is that the lights Yongin mm -hmm. captured were actually from cruise ships. However, Metabunk admits after putting the idea out there that there was no evidence of cruise ships in the area during the sightings. There was already known from virtually the start, as Dreda already said. So why do they even mention it? And we've talked about this before, right, with the uh, UAP agencies in the States making all these talk, a whole big paragraphs about weather balloons and about this, talking about all the known objects while giving a statement about UAPs and leaving only two lines to even describe the UAP or what was going on. All of that is a distraction. It's designed to to move you in the wrong direction. Uh, that consistent weather balloon disinformation of the UAP government funded agencies, there's only one reason for creating a scenario in great detail, though it isn't borne out at the start. And we mean at the very start, this was explored by Turkish authorities. Years later, Metabunk is giving you these alternative theories for something that's already been said that can't have been it. <laughs> so there's your question, why would they even put it in there? Using right. the words our investigators and debunk, uh, along with an alternative, is basic psychology. At the end of the day, uh, you are the mind and you are the eyes, and so we can dispense with the non-theory, which the debunkers themselves debunked, and just get on with reviewing what needs to be reviewed. Check the link in the chat, and uh, this chat, which means you open the episode itself and you'll see the chat, and then you can have a look for yourself. We're about that, right, Drita? Have a look for yourself. That's right. <laughs> yes. One intriguing thing is to observe the channels and shape of light and UAPs. In the footage, you can hear Yemen and his friends express amazement and the object changes shape before their eyes. Their changes are not just intricate. If you understand Turkish, awesome, but if you don't, even better. I think I really like that. You can hear the tone of the voices that allow the visual to direct you and uh, not words or suspicious. You will notice that Yelman zooms in his full camera lenses, which adds in more interest. The reason we mentioned this is that on full zoom, keeping up a planet not at normal speed is in shot is a bit tricky. Keeping a high speed jet in a similar in shot is impossible and it will keep jumping out of the shot so you have to try to track it. This indicates that this is a this is hovering, just setting there in the skies and he feel feels it more moon back and um Anomalous so he moves to the moon and then, then he comes back and then he goes to the moon again and then he comes back. Yeah. And the speed of the object. Okay, a further putting putting paid with any cruise ship suggests that they aren't theories or theory request possibilities. The sighting consists of, of silent saucer-shaped craft hovering approximately a mile away or 500 feet above the sea more expecting than anything was a glimpse instead of a cockpit of a craft yeoman reports that uh, what looked like two beings would be seen on the helm
Turkey has a long history of UAP sightings, including molten silver objects witnessed by Greek and Roman armies in 74 BC. The 2009 incident holds a unique position. The Turkish government has given a serious consideration of declaring the sighting as genuine and unaffiliated with any military programs. This is beyond important as it lays any arguments to rest and the reason to give the experts in a field have already assisted, assisted it will, it assessed well and truly before any web demands to get hold of it. In 2009, social media was not a real thing and certainty wasn't as popular as any conjunct is well after the fact. So conjecture, as we mentioned before, is years later, right, 10 years later, uh, eight years later, you've got people grabbing it because it got itself onto social media and they decided to start playing around with it. And then Metabunk, which didn't even exist in 2009, they got hold of it and immediately started driving it backward. And this is, we've talked about that before, right? This ridiculing thing. And the problem specifically with that ridiculing mm. is it's not even related to authenticity. They don't even know that it's been authenticated or if they do know, they don't bother mentioning that it was authenticated by the Turkish uh, authorities. And it doesn't even mention that there were no cruise ships in the area. It doesn't bother mentioning that the moon, and not just the moon, but the aspects of light and dark in the moon as they were explored, not just that it was a three-quarter moon, but even the way it sat in the sky was exactly correct for the time of night and the, the elevation that we're looking at. So pretty important stuff, and they used that to ascertain that their vehicle was hovering about 500 meter, uh, feet above the sea. Uh, but let's go back to the history of Turkey and UAP sightings because it's really fun. Before we come forward to 2023, in the exact words of Plutarch, who chronicled the 74 BC uh, sightings, to note he wasn't alive for them, but was transcribing earlier records of a war, uh, of a war as historians uh, want to do, but also as it had previously been recorded. Um, um, a, a fairly characteristic example occurred uh, when a Roman army under uh, Licinius Lucullus, I think that's how you say it, was about to engage the forces of King Mithridates VI of Pontus, according to Plutarch, it went this way. But presently, with no apparent change of weather, but all on a sudden, the sky burst asunder and a huge flame-like body was seen to fall between the two armies. In shape, it was most like a wine jar, and in colour, like molten silver. Both sides were astonished at the sight and separated. This marvel, as they say, occurred in Phrygia at a place called Ultraea. Not sure if you say those things right, but you know. The presence of thousands of witnesses, including Lucullus and Mithridates, vouches for the incident's occurrence. The term pithos was routinely applied by ancient meteorologists to any large barrel-shaped smoky celestial fire, according to Poseidonius. Could the object of 74 BC have been a meteorite? Well, the chances are actually not really. The bright silvery colour might describe the incandescence of the object while falling, but freshly fallen meteorites are black, and Plutarch makes no mention of the noise, let alone an impact. 
The object must have measured much more than a metre across since it was easily resolved uh, at a distance greater than half the range of a bow shot. If it had remained on the ground, a meteorite of such size would doubtless have become a cult object. Well, I'm not actually into that, but it would have become an object of value. But it wouldn't be the first time or the last time that a meteorite had been found. Um, so it becomes an interesting thing. Yet later historical records referring to the Phrygian meteorites are silent about this one. So they discuss meteorites in other writings, but not this one. Um, in modern experience, an episode like this would easily fall under the rubric of a classic UFO or UAP encounter, but we cannot rule out the fall of bolide. So it actually stopped the war for a day or two. <laughs> so getting back to Yeltsin's sightings and a reminder that uh, Tupatak, which is the Turkish government agency for scientific and technological development, seized the video and analyzed it before finding it 100% real. And in addition, they concluded that these objects and the images with the physical and material structures did not fall into any known character of flying objects. So that's really an interesting thing. They um, are a little bit early for a whole pile of people to have uh, to have um, drones, but even then, we know what they look like, right? Let's get real here. More recently, in May of 2023, a number of flights were suspended for at least. 12 hours following the sighting of an unidentified anomalous phenomenon by a passenger aircraft radar in southeastern Turkey. It was reported by the Turkish news agency Andalou, a commercial aircraft which landed at the airport around midnight, reported that their radar picked up an unidentified object at the height of 9,000 feet over the city of Gaziantep, according to authorities. And upon receiving the report from the pilot, an air traffic control authorities ordered all scheduled flights to be diverted to airports in Adana and San Leofa instead. Turkish news website Habertürk uh, reported that the unidentified object was also confirmed by air traffic controllers. Now, this is really important for the fact that it's so unusual. As soon as something like this happens, any possible agencies are queried, the green light is posted. Uh, if it's a bird, it's like half an hour to an hour, 40 minutes maybe. If it's something that shouldn't be there, like a drone in the airspace it shouldn't be in, or a helicopter or something, it gets shifted as quickly as possible, or it gets tracked and then everything goes back. But 12 hours is a very long time. It's almost unprecedented for a commercial airport, right? 12 hours. So what would be hanging around long enough to be on radar long enough, to be concerned long enough, to not attract a military response either, according to all the powers that be, for 12 hours? Isn't that a good question? Ultimately, the authorities reported that following the incident, 26 flights from Gaziantep Airport and 13 of which were departures, 13 departures and 13 arrivals resumed after that 12-hour period. Another interesting thing is that procedures seem to be a bit odd. However, it is said that based on the receipt of uh, Gazvia, uh, GAA, um, a NOTAM, that's a notice to airmen, was not issued over the incident, So, which is a warning. A NOTAM is a notice filed with aviation authorities to alert, alert aircraft pilots of potential hazards along a flight route or at a location that could affect the flights that may require diversion to other airports. 
different height levels or altering routes. Now, we've got to remember that this was reported by an airplane whose pilot visually saw it on their radar. And then it was later confirmed that it was on the radar of the traffic controllers as well. So we find this a really interesting thing. Back to the 2007, the original current affairs show, when I was watching it, these four guys, there's an anchorman, there's uh, a guy who's in favour of it being a UFO, there's a couple of other experts there, and they're all going, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake, consistently, it can't be real, it's got to be a toy, it's got to be this, and then it's, it's actually listed in there now as before it gets looked at by the authorities. And then a week later, or two weeks later, whatever, the um, video had been handed over to the authorities. He came back and said it was 100% real. And then watching that second one is phenomenal. I'm thinking of posting it, but I don't know. But it's an interesting thing to see just now. It's been said it's authentic. It's not a toy. What you're looking on there is real. Uh, we can see that all of the ratios of the moon and everything else uh, are all correct. And so then they have this serious discussion. So we want to keep going on with that frame. And I want we, we here at UAP Encounters want everybody to understand this, that there is a type of dialogue which is deliberately used to put you in a particular frame. It's to influence you in a particular way. It's a marketing campaign. It's a marketing ploy. Now, sometimes it comes out of belief. A person doesn't believe it, but other times it's a deliberate misinformation tactic. So next week we're going to look at UAP sightings through the ages because they're incredible. And I tell you what, you know, these become important because of the specific nature of the eyewitnesses. The lack of any ability for photo or video shenanigans or anybody flying around in the skies and the implicit understanding that we all have. Humans have never been stupid. Greedy, selfish, murderous, yes. Stupid, no. The insistence of religious explanation for phenomenon of all sorts seems more self-serving than historical. And there's only one group or one organized group in the world who wants us not to believe that these particular events actually occurred. And we've got science consistently telling us, well, actually, and well, actually. And when they talk about that constellation and that, that, that was stuff they were very familiar with, and then they say they saw this thing flying between them, pretty much describes something that's very much non-religious. So we're going to have a chat about that next week. Thank you, everybody, for popping along and having a listen. Don't forget to check in on the chat here to click the links uh, to go and have a look at the original Turkish video. Ciao for now. Drita, we lost Drita. Oh, Dorothy.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.